0: Thanks for being here this weekend. Uh, Glad we could all be together. If you're here in the auditorium or if you're watching live stream, thanks for being with us. And uh, even before we jump into our conversation today, I want to just draw our attention to a handful of things uh, before we jump in. One of them is... We've been talking for a handful of weeks now about the reveal survey. And if you have taken some time to do that already, I just wanna stop and say thank you so much. We so value your feedback and input. And if you're maybe just here with us for the first time or you've heard about the reveal survey a little bit, uh, let me give you a little more background on it. So we would do this every handful of years here as a church. And uh, what the Reveal Survey does is it it kind of talks you through, asks for you to give input about maybe your connection or interaction with Jesus and how uh, Grace Church would help or contribute in that process. And for us, it is such valuable feedback. I can't even tell you how helpful it is. We will literally uh, make changes and corrections, course corrections as a church, based on what you say. So, that being said, if you have not yet filled that out, we would love to have you do that. Uh, if you could take 15 minutes in the next 24 hours to fill that out, it would be hugely helpful. There's instructions on how to do it on the back of your program. And uh, if you just maybe even make an appointment in your phone right now uh, to make, make that happen, we would be super thankful if you would do that. So take Reveal, and uh, we will be, we'll use that. We'll uh, take your results and uh, make adjustments because of it. The other thing I want to point out here before we jump in is next weekend we are launching a brand new series, kind of moving into Christmas. Very excited about that. Pastor Jeff will be leading us into that. It's going to be called uh, When We Saw God. Very excited about it, so make sure to come and make sure to invite some friends. Excited that we're moving into this holiday season. It's kind of crazy it's here already. But what we want to do today is we're going to wrap up our conversation that we've been in for the last uh, bunch of weeks now called Mixed messages. And really what we've been saying is this, we've said our world has changed, it continues to change, how communication happens has changed, and we said that's not necessarily a bad thing, it's just something that is new and it's something that's different. And so we said now with the rise of the internet, with uh, social media and smartphones, and right, we're always inundated with messages about everything under the sun, and uh, people are always calling for our attention, our time Right? How we should think, how we should live, how we should believe. And we said that, again, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that's kind of new and different. There's always been mixed messages, but now they're louder. The volume has gone up on them, and we have to begin to realize, how do we live in light of that? How do I kind of sift through the mixed messages and find something that is true and real and reliable? So I think no matter where we are, right? no matter if you uh, believe in Jesus today or no matter what your faith is, everybody wants to find a message that is true and reliable. Nobody wants to believe a lie. So that's what we're all looking for. So we've been saying, how do we do that? How do we take the mixed messages that are coming towards us and how do we sift through them and find the stuff that I really want to hold on to? And so we've been kind of practicing that together on the weekends. We've taken various subjects and looked at them and said, let's look at some of the mixed messages that are out there. Let's find God's perspective or his voice on that subject. And let's really understand how to kind of break that down. so we've looked at some different subjects like how to view humanity, how to view people. Uh, We talked about sex and our bodies. Uh, We talked about truth and where truth comes from. And over the last few weeks here, over the election, we talked about our citizenship and about having hope for the future. And I would just encourage you, if you missed any of those conversations, uh, I would encourage you to catch up online. You can do that at uh, graceohio.org, hit the Bath Campus, and you can watch or listen, download any of those for free. And I think it's incredibly helpful, if you're a, a follower of Jesus, I think this series has been helpful to clarify what a Christ follower is to believe and how we're to think. If you're not yet a Christ follower, I think it's been helpful to kind of see, oh, that's what somebody who follows Jesus really believes. Because sometimes mixed messages will even come through in kind of in Christendom. And, and it'll be confusing even among people that claim the name of Jesus. So here's what we want to do today. Kind of wrapping our series up, we said what we want to do today is we want to look at how do I personally walk away and how do I unravel and kind of sort through the mixed messages? How do I turn up the volume on God's voice in my life? When I'm living normal life and I hear the commercials and I see the ads and I see people calling for my time, attention, and focus, how do I know that what I'm listening to and what I'm receiving and accepting is from God? And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of talk about how to do that and what that might look like to hear God's voice kind of in our personal lives, as I own it personally, because here's what, we, here's what we want to recognize, that we believe different messages for all kinds of reasons. When mixed messages come into our lives, sometimes they just seem attractive because they just make sense, right? That, that message just makes rational sense to me, so I'm going to lock into it. Sometimes we just accept messages because they feel good, right? Like, The Browns are going to win and have a winning season. That just feels good. I'm not sure that that's true, at least not this year. Maybe it'll happen in the future, right? We want things to be true, but they're not, right? If I eat five guys every day for the next five weeks, I'm not going to be super ripped. That's just not going to happen. I wish it was true. I wish it. That message feels good to me, but I'm not going to be able to Accept that. And then sometimes messages become convincing simply because the crowd believes it and the crowd is saying that message so loudly. It's literally just peer pressure on steroids and that becomes a message that is so loud that it kind of pushes me over the edge to believe in it. Now what motivates me to lock into a message and how do I accept it and why would I accept that message? It's some of the aspects of what we want to look at today. So we're gonna set up shop in kind of one major passage for most of our time here in John chapter 10. And if you have a Bible, go ahead and grab that, open it up to John 10. And if you don't have a Bible here today, no big deal. Uh, We actually have some for you underneath the chairs in the row in front of you. Grab a Bible, open up to page 748 in those Bibles underneath your chairs. And uh, we're gonna look at really fascinating passage of scripture. We're gonna hear directly from Jesus. And he's gonna talk a little bit about how to hear his voice. And uh, as you're turning there, as you're finding your way to John 10, let me give you a little bit bit of background on what we're going to be looking at. Because what Jesus is going to do in this passage is he's going to compare his relationship to his followers, the people that would claim the name of Jesus, uh, to that of a shepherd and sheep, right? A shepherd and sheep. And I don't know if you've had a lot of experience with sheep personally. I have not, Although, I'm thinking about renting some goats. That, that's a story for another time. Did you know you could rent goats? Yeah, I didn't know that either. Somebody just told me that. They're gonna, I'm going to have them come over and eat my ivy. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. It'll be fun. Right, so here's what's going to happen. We're, we're going to look a little bit at this whole shepherd and sheep thing. And most people that I know don't own sheep and uh, don't know much about them. But I had this fascinating experience uh, where I got to go over to Israel. And Lori and I took a, a group of college students so a little while back And we got to go kind of see how shepherds live and how they take care of sheep it's really kind of a unique thing so i want to give you a little bit of background on that i thought about trying to draw sheep on the whiteboard but i was like this is out of my range i'm not sure i could pull that off right so we're just going to talk about it here here's the thing shepherd and sheep have a very unique relationship so sheep are extremely Uh, dumb animals, right? They are not intelligent animals whatsoever. There are many intelligent animals. Sheep are not one of them. So here's what you have to do. A sheep need led by a shepherd. Uh, They need to hear a shepherd's voice. And if you got your heart and mind back in the world of how this all worked, you would know that there are good shepherds and there are bad shepherds, Right, And these shepherds would lead their sheep either to food and to green pasture or they would lead them to a place where there's not a lot of food and there's not a lot of pasture. A good shepherd would take care of and give attention to sheep as they got sick and then they would need to be cared for and groomed. And when someone attacked the flock, wolves or thieves or robbers, when they attacked the flock, a shepherd would use a rod and a staff and even defend the shepherd, the, the flock, just defend against these outside forces. And they'd protect the flock. Right? That's what a good shepherd would do. A bad shepherd kind of neglects the sheep, does the minimum. And their sheep are often gonna be diseased and sick and uh, weak and thin. And often they're gonna be attacked and mauled by, by outside forces. So you have this, this interesting relationship between sheep and shepherd. And here's how it would work even today. If you go to Israel and certain parts of Israel, this would even happen today where there'd be even hundreds and hundreds of sheep and multiple shepherds that lead groups of sheep. And they could all be in one big area. And here's what would happen. A shepherd would call his sheep and only the ones that are attached to that shepherd would come, right? There'd be hundreds of sheep in the room, and, and let's say the 30 that that shepherd purchased and lived with and knows and loves, they would know that shepherd's voice so well that they would get up and run, and the other 270, let's say, just sit there, and they would only respond to the voice of their shepherd. It's a very interesting and dynamic relationship between sheep and shepherds. And Jesus is going to say, this is how it is with people who follow me. Uh, people who follow me are going to respond to my voice. Let me read you this passage of Scripture. It's fascinating stuff, and then we're going to come back through and draw some principles from it. Here's what Jesus says. Uh, talking to a group of religious leaders, it's kind of explaining how all this works. John 10, This is very truly I tell you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter The sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. He says, but they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come and they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says this, "I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus repeats this. He says, "I'm the good shepherd." This command I received from my Father. So we see Jesus here saying, I I am the good shepherd. And he's describing this relationship that he has with his sheep and how there's other forces, thieves and robbers and strangers and hired hands, how all of those forces would come in and would distract or would try to interact or sometimes even take or kill the flock, the sheep. But Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice alone. Right? They hear me. They listen to me. Look at how he said it here in, in verse 2. It says, the one who enters by the sheep gates, the shepherd of the sheep, verse 3, the, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. Right? The sheep listen to his voice. They're tuned into it. They hear his voice calling out. And here's one of the first principles I want us to grab a hold of. It's actually fairly simple, but it's profound. Here's what we said. Uh, God has spoken and his people listen, right? Put that in your notes. God has spoken and his people listen. Jesus has made a decision. God the Father has made a decision to communicate with us. He has spoken. And if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus today, I, I hope this never gets old for us. I hope the fact that God has made a decision to communicate with humanity never gets old. Because just think about this. God could have just cranked this whole thing up, made creation, and set us loose and said, good luck, guys, I hope you figure it out. But instead, he has made a conscious decision to meet us on our level, to communicate in a language that we can understand, and to let his heart and his mind be known. Right? So why? So we could hear it, we could listen to it, and we could learn from it and glean from it and follow him. This is fascinating. God has spoken and his people listen. When I think about this and in the sheep and the shepherd analogy, how that all works, the reality is those sheep get to know the voice of the shepherd because they spend all kinds of time together. Right? they sleep in the same space. They have meals together. They're, they're just together all the time. If you're a parent, you know how this works. And if you walk into a room and you have small children and you start talking, this is how it works with my family. I've got four kids. If you know, I just start talking, my kids will spin around because they hear my voice and they'll come running. That's just how it is. If you grew up with parents, you know how that worked. You could pick your parents' voice, all right, out of a lineup anytime. time. And, and even if the room is a buzz with noise, their voice would pop up and you'd say, that is my parent. I'm connected to them. This is what Jesus is saying. He's just saying, my sheep hear my voice like that. Like a child hears the voice of a parent. Like a sheep hears the voice of a shepherd. But a, a good question might be, well, how do we do that now? Right? We can't go hang out with God physically. We're not going to go on a hike or share meals with God and be able to interact with him the way that we would be able to interact with a child or a parent. How do we do it now? Well, how we do it now is... We listen to God's voice, of course, right, through the Bible, through the Bible. He has captured his heart and mind here and given this to us and gone to unbelievable lengths to to capture this for us. And I remember trying to figure out how this all worked as a young adult because I, I had no religious background at all and didn't begin interacting with the Bible until I was in college. And I remember thinking, so this is how you get to know God, like through a book. How does that work? And this book is foreign to me. I don't know who John is. I don't know who Nehemiah, or I can't even pronounce half of these people. Like, how do you do this thing? How do I actually hear God's voice? How do I get to know him? I wanna learn how to do it. And I realize that some of us are here and uh, that's where we are. We're still trying, we're trying to figure out how do I engage God's voice? How do I hear from him? How do I get to know him? I wanna do it. I'm just not sure where to start. And here's what I would encourage us to do. We can begin to listen to the voice of God kind of right with where we are. I would encourage you to, to kind of start that way. Start with where you are in life. If you describe where you are, some of us are uh, looking to date, some of us are single, or we're, we're parents, we're married, we're looking for a job, we're, we're all over the place. And God would speak to any of those subjects. I want to show you this tool. Uh, I've used this quite a bit, it's been super helpful. How many of you guys have heard of before, Y-O-U version before, Y-O-U-Version? Raise your hands. Nice and there you go. Nice and high. Beautiful. Okay, good. version. If you've never heard of this app, version, Y-O-U-Version, I would encourage you to, to open your phone, your tablet, and download it right now. Come on, let's crash the Wi-Fi. It'll be fun, right? But open that thing up real quick if you already have it downloaded. And I want to show you a couple things on here because the same tools... Right? Our smartphone, the internet, social media, the things that would bring more mixed messages into our lives are often the same tools that actually can bring the voice of God into our lives in a very practical and easy and simple way. And UVersion is a great example of this. Let me show you this real quick. If you open version, if you download that, if you uh, hit plans at the bottom, I'll just give you a couple examples. You go to discover the top right tab here. Let me Read you or list you some of the Bible reading plans that would show up in this section. It's amazing. So, this is all through you version. Here are Bible reading plans. Some of them would range from a week to months. And here's some of them Uh, Bible plans about love, anxiety, healing, anger, hope, depression, fear, peace, stress, patience, loss, jealousy, joy, temptation, pride, doubt. There's Bible reading plans on uh, I'm new to my faith. Uh, Reading plans for marriage, for prayer, forgiveness, dating, divorce, addiction, work, leadership, uh, plans for men, plans for women, you name it, right? Wherever I am, God's voice can be brought into my life in a very convenient and simple way. Simply grab a plan, start listening to what God has to say about that area, so practical and easy. If, you, if you've never checked that out, I would encourage you to, to play with that maybe later this afternoon. You version is one tool. And some of us might say, you know, right, I, kinda, I interact with the Bible on a regular basis. I've done some of the plans. That's awesome. Like, I want to go further. What would it look like for me to go further in my hearing of God's voice and listening to it? Here might be a good challenge. Uh, maybe something to tackle. If you're a follower of Jesus today and you've never read through the whole Bible. If you've never, never in your life have read through the entire thing and say, you know what? I have read it all. I would encourage you to make that a goal, to make that a goal, to say, you know what? I want to read the whole thing through. And and you don't have to do it cover to cover. It doesn't have to be from front to back. I would encourage you to start with a chunk at a time, but to keep track and to actually cover the whole breadth of the Bible. Uh, Maybe you start with the first four books in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's all about Jesus. It's a great place to maybe grab and say, you know what? I'm going to start with this, and then I'll move on from there. Let me show you one more tool about how to listen to God's voice. It's actually on our app, the Grace Ohio app. If you go open that one up, and uh, you'll see media at the bottom. It's, It's just right over from live. If you click that, you'll see there's something called an E4 study. And there are all kinds of short video teachings that will help you. One of them is called How to Study Your Bible. Pastor Tony from our Medina Campus teaches this one. And uh, there's uh, multiple sessions on how to dig in and learn how to study your Bible and do it on your own. If you're kind of advancing in your interaction with the Bible, learning to hear God's voice at a deeper level, I would say that would be an awesome step. Grab that study and begin to understand how to hear God's voice personally through study. Right? So God has spoken and his people listen. I can start right where I am no matter what I'm facing. I can go deeper, try to grab the whole of what God has said. I can even go into study. But then it doesn't stop there. Right? It's not just about doing time in the Bible. Some of us would have grown up with this kind of mentality that, you know, when I check off my list of doing my devotions or reading through the Bible plan that somehow magically puts me in favor with God, and maybe I have good luck now. or right? That's not the heart of it at all. Here's the heart of it. Look at this with me. Uh, verse 3, we just read this. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. Right, So they're hearing the voice of the shepherd. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, because right? there's all kinds of sheep out there, but his own are going to follow him. Here's what it says. He goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They follow him because they know his voice. See, these sheep trust the shepherd. They don't listen to the voice uh, be, to try to be good sheep. They're listening to the voice because they know the shepherd is going to lead them somewhere. That shepherd is going to lead them to a place of life and peace. And they're, they're going to be taken care of. They're going to be defended they're gonna have the attention of the shepherd if they follow the voice that is calling for them, the one they know and they're familiar with. And th- this is what I put in your notes. And the first thing we said is God has spoken, his people listen. The next one is this, his people are eager to respond to his voice. His people are eager to respond to his voice. They're eager to follow. Right? Christ's followers are looking to hear what God has to say so that they can respond to it. This reminds me a little bit, I, I, uh, in middle school, started running track, and this was a painful experience for me. I started running track, and I was the worst track runner on the planet. It was like, it was disturbing how bad I was. My friends went out, and I, I think I lost almost every race the first year, and I was like, I'm not sure I should do this again. Like, this may not be the best use of my time. I'm a terrible runner. I was like, if I'm going to do this again, I need to either uh, I need to like figure out how to be good or I need to like not run anymore. This is a painful experience. So I decided I'm going to figure out how to be good at this. You know, I watched too many Rocky movies. Like you start at the bottom and you just come back, right? And so like I started to figure out how to run. I got a little bit better, a little bit. A couple of years passed and I'm in high school now. I went through the whole puberty thing that helped, right? And so now I'm 15, 16 years old. And then I was I was starting to get good at running. I was like, yay, I'm not last. I'm starting to win races. And then all of a sudden we got this new coach and uh, she was our math teacher. And she's this little tiny lady. I'm like, I'm like she might've been like 4'8". I don't know. She was very small. And she was uh, sweet and quiet and real reserved. And I was like, this is interesting. I wonder what she has to teach us about running. Because right now I'm like leaning into the whole learning about running. I want to become the best runner I can possibly be. And so my friends and I were a little bit curious, a little bit standoffish, wondering what, what's this lady going to bring into kind of our, our leadership of, of running, you know? And I remember one day, I'll never forget this. We're all running. We really hadn't been engaged deeply with, with coach yet. And we were all running this track practice. And these things are grueling, man. You know, we were distance runners. And so you do like multiple runs, uh, repeats around the track, and you almost throw up. And uh, we were dogging it one day, just like slacking, you know, and kind of running out of gas. And she had this high-pitched voice, right? She's real small and petite, real quiet. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she calls to this group of, right, 15, 16, 17-year-old boys. I think I was probably 16. And she just goes, pick it up slow wimps and I was like she just called me a slow wimp are you serious that just happened right like right now she called me a wimp I was like I think she's gonna get fired for that this is crazy right but but she caught my attention in that interaction I was like ooh, what's going on with her like what's your deal do you know how to do this running thing coach right you're gonna call me a slow wimp And what I come to find out is she is like an almost Olympic level runner. She was like an elite runner in college, and she's so humble and quiet, she never said anything until she decided to come out with a slow wimp thing, and then we're all interested. So coach starts to have this voice in my life, and I'm like leaning into every word she says. I'm like, she's like Mr. Miyagi of running. I'm like, whatever, wax on, wax off, whatever you want to do, I'm in, right? And she starts taping our form and picking on it right? and looking at every little thing we do, and what happens is of all the voices, right, my parents, my teammates, her voice now starts to stick in my head, right? It becomes the loudest voice in my head. And when I'd be running races against people, I would hear her voice louder than anybody else's. When, when it was time to kick and sprint at the end, I would hear her voice telling me, go, slow wimp, right? You need to like run and go. And, and I began to latch onto her and coach with someone that I leaned into. I was eager to respond. Why? Be, because I believed she was going to lead me to be the best runner I could possibly be. This is what Jesus is saying. My followers, my sheep, they're eager to hear my voice. He's saying this is how Christ followers work. They don't just listen to the words of God to check off a religious thing. That's not what it's about at all. They want to hear from me because they believe I'm going to lead them somewhere that leads to life, that I'm going to care for them. I'm the good shepherd. My sheep want to know what I have to say about finances, about dating, about purity. My sheep want to hear my voice and respond to. It. They're leaning in. God, where would you lead me in my life direction? How should I engage? Right, my view of people. This is what Jesus is saying. This is the relationship between sheep and shepherd. There's high trust. We're eager to respond to the voice. Now, here's the thing: Jesus would talk about his voice, and in the midst of that, there's other voices. They're always going to show up. And look at this verse with me, real quick, verse 5. Jesus would lean into this. He said, But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Here's the next thing I want us to see. So I hear God's voice, I hear Jesus' voice, and here's the reality that there will always be other voices. I put that in your notes. There will always be other voices. This side of heaven, there will always be other voices. There's the hired hand, and there's the thieves, and there's the robbers. There's the strangers. And so what, what we need to walk away with is we need to recognize that the mixed messages are never going to go away, not until we see Jesus and he changes everything. We can't delete those voices or mute those voices or try to protect ourselves from hearing kind of what what other people or other organizations would say. I just have to learn how to live with them. And here's what I would probably guess is true in our lives. If I'm in a place right now where I'm feeling confused and the voices are really loud and I don't really know what to give myself to, I'm feeling a little lost in the sauce. You know, our world is crazy and there's a lot changing right now. What do I do? Here's what I could almost guarantee. Right? Here's what I can almost guarantee. Here's my bet. If I'm feeling confused and lost, I bet the voice of God, Christ's voice, is not as close and as loud in my heart and mind as I want it to be. I bet that's true. Because here's how this works. The closer I am to the truth, the closer I am to the heart and the mind of the shepherd, the clearer those lies are for me. I start to understand that the voices are strange. That's what Jesus is saying. My sheep are close in, and when they hear the voice of a stranger, they understand it is strange. And the farther I am, here's how it works, from the voice of the shepherd, the louder the other voices become and the more convincing they become. So I'm gonna start to believe crazy things. If I move away from the voice of the shepherd. I'm going to start to believe the other ones. And it's going to start to get confused. I'm going to start to wonder, what do I give my life to? Should I just live for money? It seems very rational. If I had more money, I could do more things I want. That seems like a great way to live my life. Should I just live and if I want to have sex with somebody, I have sex with somebody? That seems right. It feels good. Should I, is that how I should live? those voices start to be convincing in my life, right? If I want to change the world, I should just share all my political views on Facebook, said no one ever, right? Like that's, (laughs) we believe crazy stuff. Why? Because the voice of the shepherd is starting to get distant and faint in my heart and mind, and the farther I am from the truth, the closer I am to the lie, right? And the more I move away those lies and get close to the voice of my Savior, my Shepherd, the clearer I can see in life. Doesn't mean that I'm going to have all the answers, but I'm going to understand what's important and how to spend myself in life, what to focus on, what to believe in, and how to approach it in a way that is true and real and right. There will always be other voices. They're not going to go away, not this side of heaven, but if I tune into the voice of my Savior Here's what I can find. I put this next part in your notes. Here's what I said. The only messages worth receiving are the messages that lead to life. The only messages worth receiving are the messages that lead to life. The reality is in the mix of all the messages, the only one I should take in are the ones that are true and reliable. Here's what Jesus would say in verse 9 and 10. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me, will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Here's what Jesus would say, right? I have come to bring life. There are always going to be thieves. There's going to be robbers. There's going to be harmful agendas. There's always going to be people that are looking to use in in this analogy to kill and destroy Literally, that's why thieves and robbers would attack a flock, is to take those sheep, steal them for themselves, kill them for the food, and that's what's happening. And sometimes there's going to be that in our lives. There's going to be thieves and robbers. There's other voices all around us. The only messages worth receiving are the ones that lead to life. Jesus' message is one that is trustworthy. It's worth taking in and receiving because it leads us somewhere that's good. It's leading us to life. I was thinking about this this week. I was playing cards with my son and my daughter, my oldest two. Uh, One, my daughter is about eight. She's eight right now. My son's almost ten. And I was sitting at the head of the table. We're playing this this game called Kings in the Corner. I'd never played. I just started learning it here in the last handful of months and uh, the kid's grandpa taught them how to play this game. They were teaching me how to play it, and I'm sitting here at the head of the table, and my son is catty-cornered to me right across, and then my daughter is right behind him, and the three of us are playing cards. We're having fun and uh, working through kind of our next round of Kings in the Corner, and this is the kind of card game where, you know, you have a set of cards, and you keep them close, and you kind of hide them, you know, And, and we were playing, and my daughter, man, she's got some street smarts, and she's a funny girl, and, and she would, all of a sudden, we're playing in the mix of the rounds here, kind of laying down our cards, and she looks over at Uriah, my son, and she points to one of his cards, which are like out there, you know, they're like out here, and she's like, Uriah, you should use that card, <laughs> right? She just tells him what's going, and he's like, dad, she looked at my cards, and I was like, well, bud, uh, in this kind of game, like, let me, let me tell you how this works, it's your responsibility, actually, to, to keep your cards hidden. It's actually, actually how the, the game works. And I tell him that, and he looks at me, like, straight-faced, and he says, Yeah, but, but, Dad, she looked at my cards. And I was like, Yeah, buddy, I know. I know she... We all can see the cards, right? Like, everybody can see them. I, I was like, It's your... I look at him, It's your responsibility to keep your cards hidden, buddy yeah, but dad, she looked at my cards. I was like, this is like not working. (laughs) This is not registering right now. And I just, I'm like, I'm going to make another go at it. Uh, Hey, bud, uh, if anybody can see your cards at any time in this game, that's like on you. But dad, she she looked at my cards. I was like, okay, here we go. My son and I are pretty tight. So I just looked at him. I said, son, you are not receiving the message I'm giving you right now. <laughs> like, you need to hear me. It was a desperate plea. I'm like, buddy, I'm trying to help you from not losing every card game for the rest of your life. Right? <laughs> just, just trust me on this one. This is how it works for us, though, isn't it? God is looking at us saying, will you hear me? But, but there's so many other voices Right, listen, I want to tell you how finances work. I want to tell you what to do with your money and how it'll work. But I have so much I want to, I want to tell you how purity works. But it doesn't feel good. But, right, and we'll, we'll throw that but dad up over and over and over. And Jesus is looking and saying, listen, this is a message that leads you to life. The, the good shepherd is not calling the sheep to destroy them. He's not telling them the truth because he hates them. I'm not looking at my son trying to ruin his life and ignore his sister because I want to be mean to him. I'm trying to teach him how to play cards. This is how the shepherd and the sheep interact. There's no but. There, there's a message that leads to life. And Jesus is calling us, and he wants us to respond to his voice because he loves us. That's why he would tell us the truth. He's not doing it to be mean. He's not saying those things that are sometimes hard to receive to be cruel. That's not who he is. He's the good shepherd. Somebody who really got a hold of this uh, is is David fascinating guy he would talk about being a sheep actually he was a shepherd himself and he kind of understood that in his relationship with God that he kind of takes the role of a sheep the dumb animal that needs lead and needs direction you guys probably would be familiar with this psalm I'm just going to read it to us real quick fascinating psalm fascinating portion of scripture maybe you've heard it psalm 23 let me let me just read it for us here's what David would say That the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. See, David, a competent leader, a skillful warrior, uh, arguably the best king that Israel has ever seen, would look at himself and his interaction with Jesus, with God. If anybody had the right to say, but, it's probably David. And he would instead look and say, the Lord is my shepherd. He is leading me to a place of life. He's going to lead me to a place where I can rest. I need his leadership in my life. The only messages worth receiving are the ones that lead to life. David knew that. and We would be challenged to believe that today. Right, That the message that Christ would bring would be one that leads to life. Here's what we said. God has spoken and his people listen. His people are eager to respond to his voice. There will always be other voices. And the only message that's worth receiving is the message that leads to life. And here's the last thing I want us to see. A message is only as reliable as the messenger. A message is only as reliable as as the messenger. Jesus would talk about this a bit. Here's what he would say in John chapter 10. Look at verse 11. Jesus would say, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Go to verse 17. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. See, Jesus would bring a message. Right? Jesus would look at the world and everyone on the planet and would say, listen, you can follow me. I am worth trusting in. I, I want to be the Lord of your life. I, I want to be the one that gives you direction and protects you and leads you. I want to save your soul. Well, that's quite a message. Right? Jesus would look at his followers and say, listen, I want you to love me above everything else. I'd say, well, like what? Like above my hobbies? Yeah, above above my hobbies. I want, I want you to love me above everything else, above what? Above my work? Yep. Above my money? Yep. Uh, above my family? Yep. Above my kids? Yep. Above everything. Well, that's quite a message. Here's what I want us to see the shepherd, and the message that the shepherd brought was vindicated, was authenticated by his life. See, this is the shepherd who would do something that no one else has done. Jesus would come to this earth, live absolutely perfectly. No one's done that before. He would allow himself to be arrested and he would allow himself to be beaten and he would allow himself to be crucified. I want you to see this. Jesus says it right here. No one takes it from me. He says, I lay down my life. No one stole Jesus' life. There was, it wasn't a, a political and religious thing that got away from jesus and he ended up dying in the process he laid it down and not only did he lay down his life to pay for our sin he then rose from the dead three days later right he beat death you look at the message that he gave and say what's going to back that message up what backs up the message is the messenger right the guy who rose from the dead, he's probably a guy we should listen to. I'm just saying. Right? The, the reason we would look at the Bible and say, I'll, I'll listen to this one. I'll listen to this voice, this message, is because Jesus rose from the dead. He beat death. Right? A message is only as reliable as the messenger, and Jesus is uniquely reliable as a messenger. He has the authority and the right To be my shepherd. What do I do with this? Where do we land? I put some questions in your program. These are questions I'm asking myself, and I would encourage maybe you to ask as well. Here's three of them that I wrote down. Here's the first one. First question is this: Am I listening? Am I listening? Is there a a systematic and a regular habit of, of hearing from God's word? where I would regularly look to Jesus and say, I want to hear your voice. Am I in the Bible on a regular basis? Could I I answer the question, here's what God's teaching me right now. Maybe here's a way to, to process it. If you filled in this blank, I have been struggling with blank lately. Would you know what God would say about that struggle? Would you know what his voice would be in that area? Am I listening? Is God's word a regular part of my life right now? And here's the thing, if I'm here and and I'm not listening, the beautiful thing is I can start right now. I can just make a simple decision to say, you know what, I'm in. I'm gonna start reading the Bible or listening to it on tape or on CD and I'm gonna tell somebody and get some accountability and I want to be close to the voice of truth, to the shepherd, Am I listening? I want to answer that question. Yes. I be someone who's taking God's word in. Here's the next one. Am I eager to respond? Am I eager to respond? This one's a heart question, guys. This one's a heart question because the reality is oftentimes we know what God would say about where we are and what we're doing and what we want to do. And, but the reality is this that sometimes we know what God would say and we're not leaning into that because we don't actually want to do it. I ran across this quote in my Bible. It's my first Bible. Uh, I was just looking through it for whatever reason this week, and here's what I came across. It's by a guy named uh, John Bunyan, not to be confused with Paul Bunyan, the fictitious lumberjack. Here's what John said. He said, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. This book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. If my heart is not in a place where I'm eager to respond, there's probably something blocking me from hearing God's voice and from leaning into it. And that's where you are. I just encourage you to respond to that, to confess that to Jesus today, to own it. Say, Lord, you're my shepherd. I've gone astray. I want to come back to your voice. I'm sorry. Take that step to connect with the heart of God and own it. Am I listening? Am I eager to respond? And finally, do I know the messenger? Do I know the messenger? I realize that uh, some of us have come in here this weekend because our world is crazy or a friend brought us and we found ourselves kind of stumbling into Grace Church. And I would encourage you to know that that is not an accident. It's not an accident that you're here. And if you don't know the shepherd that we've been talking about today, you can. And he is, he is eager to know you. He loves you. Jesus loves you enough that he laid down his life to pay for you and to die for you just like he did for me. And this is what a friend told me when i first accepted jesus so ryan jesus died for your sins he loves you he paid for you will you accept that will you follow him will you say now i follow you i receive the forgiveness you died to give me and now i'm in if you've never made that decision before it's a simple not an easy decision but it's a simple one to you say you're going to be the one i follow your voice is going to be the loudest one in my head from here on out. If you never made that decision, I would encourage you to, to make it today. And a simple way to respond and let us know that you made that decision is you can grab that connection card and there, there's a box that says, I've decided to follow Jesus for the first time. And if you've made that decision today, let us know. Check that box, turn that in. We will follow up and help you kind of get started and I encourage you, even if you've started following Jesus in the last handful of weeks and you haven't told anyone yet, haven't responded kind of physically, let us know that. I'd love to help you follow, follow our Savior and connect to his heart. Mixed messages. They're always going to be out there. The question is, whose voice is the loudest one in my head? Can I turn up the volume And know that the shepherd loves me and cares for me. And I want to follow him with all of my life. I'm going to have the band come out. I want to pray for us. Let's just respond to the Lord today. Recognize that he's calling us into relationship. Father, we just want to stop and say thank you again. God, thank you that you have chosen to communicate with us. You've chosen to capture your heart and your mind and and let us find you because of the Bible. God, would you help us to listen, to take practical and real steps just to hear your voice in our lives today. And then, Lord, you, you know what's going on in our lives and in our hearts. And, Lord, you know the things that have maybe kept us from pursuing you and responding to your voice. or we want to confess those today. We know that you're eager to forgive, that you long to give grace to those you love. And God, I pray for each one of my friends here that are hearing this conversation that you would put within us a profound and lasting passion to hear you and to find you in your word. Lord, consume us with it. Help us to know the value of your words, Lord, that they lead us to life. Or help us to cling to you uh, in the midst of a, a changing and crazy world. Meet us here, Lord, even now.